Good morning and good Erev Shabbos to everyone. You are listening to Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. Our show is sponsored this month by Studio Ina in Woodmere, New York. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Naomi Nachman. I'm about all the food all the time. I love to shop for it, cook it, eat it, eat at restaurants, anything food related. I'm a kosher personal chef. My business is called the Aussie Gourmet. I give cooking classes. I cater for people for Shabbat, for Yom Tov, for Pesach, small parties. Anytime you don't feel like cooking, I am your gal. I hope you will tune in each week and hear about my cooking adventures, kosher food traveling, and sharing of great food ideas and recipes. But I also want to hear about your food experiences too. So please feel free to email me at naomi at nachumsegel.com. You can join my fan page um, on the on Facebook. It's called the Aussie Gourmet. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and you can join my uh, newsletter on my website, um, theaussiegourmet.com. Um, and if you have any great food experiences like I share with you guys, I want to hear your food experiences too. So please drop me a line, tell me what you ate, where you ate it, and that I should go try it. So a bunch of new kosher restaurants I want to go try in the next couple of weeks. I want to get out to Mason and Mug. I don't know if you guys are listening, Mason and Mug, but you have got a lot of press going on out for you. So a lot of buzz for you on the on the um, blogs and social media sites. So I'm going to have to make my way over to you guys. So I look forward to uh, eating and then sharing it with all our listeners here as well. So I've got a very exciting food experience going on right here in my studio. It's Friday morning. We all managed to get here right on time. Thank God. Um, I have in the studio together, joining me for the second time together, I have Brent Delman, the cheese guy, dot com, right? That's how do we say it? I'm saying it that's, right? That's it. it. That's he's, exactly he's it. He's the cheese guy, dot com with a large selection of cheeses and accompanying him is our special guest. Uh, every month, I think, Jay, we try to get you on the air from Royal Wines, Ketter Wines. Jay Bookspanner is joining us with a very large selection of wine. And uh, do I see whiskey or something? No. Nope. Liqueur? No. Nope. Oh, I cannot wait to hear all about this. How are you, Jay? But it's a good question because there is like um, what we call tea-topped, <clears throat> excuse me, tea-topped dessert wines, which look like a liqueur, but they're really not. Yeah, I really thought that was whiskey. Yeah, oh, we'll, good. I'm much we'll, happier now. We'll get into that. You know, Shlomo um, Blashko a few weeks ago uh, when you were out, um, unfortunately, sitting shiver, um, Shlomo stepped in for you and, and he made me try some whiskey. I think it was whiskey scotch. I'm not even sure. Shlomo's literally the expert. In the Jewish field, in the Jewish community, if not the war, one of the biggest experts in the world it's, on spirits. It's unbelievable. So he made me pour some into my hand and rub my hands together and sniff my hands. It was hilarious. If you want to w- watch me do it, you can go onto the uh, archives website and watch I'm not going to suggest it. that with the wine, especially it's red and it's... Yeah, you know. it will make a big mess. But he told me <laughs> that's how they used to sniff if something was um, real liquor or not during prohibitions. So yep. I thought that was very yep. interesting. So thank you and welcome um, back to the thank studio. You. Um, it's been a little while, so I'm glad we're all back in. And I know Hanukkah's been a while ago already, but uh, you we've know, got a special theme today. You know? Yeah, we do. We are doing winter wines and winter cheeses, and we're going to be eating them and trying them together and educating ourselves what exactly is a winter cheese. So we're going to go over to Jay and um, go over to Brent. He's going to talk to us a little bit, and then Jay's going to accompany the, the sampling of cheese with some great red wine or whatever wine he's going to dish out for us, pour out for us first. Thank you, Naomi. It's uh, great to be here. And just uh, to start off uh, for a second, you mentioned Mason and Muggs. They, uh, I was there for their grand opening. It's a wonderful, wonderful little place. They are using some of my cheeses, Yay! the Cheese Guide cheeses. Yeah. Good to hear. We put together a nice little menu of a cheese platter, 
and uh, they are sparing no expenses to get uh, the best of the best. They um, everything is Chol of Israel, you know, as we say in the uh, specialty industry, super kosher <laughs> for those who are not aware. But uh, yeah, they they get the best of the best. The Italian cheeses, some sheep milk and goat milk, and uh, some blues and. Uh, some aged cheddars. They really do a nice assortment over there. So I am uh, salivating. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should do a show from there too. <laughs> yeah. So it's a it's a very unique uh, unique spot. So uh, I wish them luck as well. Uh, regarding the seasonal and winter type cheeses, uh, there's there are a couple of uh, factors to look out for when we're talking about seasonal cheeses, and uh, a lot of it has to do with the animals. And what they are grazing upon. Oh, yeah, we were just Naomi, talking about that. Uh, yeah, you did your homework. Yeah. And, uh, the fact that, uh, the cows, actually cows, sheep, and goat, um, they have a different lactation period. So cows lactate for a longer period of time than sheep and goat. Uh, and so generally, cow milk is available because of the lactation period. You know, animals generally breed and produce milk for their young, uh, even though we like to think they produce it just for just, our consumption and cheese habits. Yeah. You know, but no, that's not the case. They do produce their milk for their young, which, uh, you know, they are breeding generally in the springtime. And uh, so the lactation period has a lot to do with when the, the, when the milk is available and thus the cheese making. So uh, if the cows, sheep, and goat are generally breeding in the early spring, then uh, the sheep and goats lactate for generally 8 to 10 months, which means that there's a few-month period in the winter where there is not going to be fresh milk available. Cows, that's generally not the case since they do have a longer lactation period, and uh, cow milk is available then most of the year round. The cheeses that I brought here today, I'll go into further detail as we as we go along, but they've all been aged a few months, so... And they're all cow milk today. So they started out with um, uh, anywhere from April, May till August milk. So they're at a good aging point. Most of them are four to six or eight months aged. Um, so when we talk about uh, fresh cheeses, that it's very important, like I say, to get uh, in that season, spring or summer, to get the fresh milk that is being produced. But at this point, the cow's milk, I think we've got a good age on the cheeses okay. that we're going to be eating today. I have a question. I know I'm sure this is one of the list, some of the listeners' questions also. What does aged cheese mean? You know, aged where? Where is it aged? How it, long is it aged? Yeah. Good question. It can vary. It can vary from fresh cheeses are generally aged a month or two, something like a fresh mozzarella or, um, you know, some of the more, more liquid, uh, varieties of cheese, things, cottage cheese, cream cheese, those, those are not even aged at all. So that's, those are f- considered real fresh cheeses. Then you have, uh, anything from a semi-hard to a hard to a very hard cheese. Which is like a Parmesan. A Parmesan or an aged Gouda or anything that is generally aged over six months is considered a hard cheese. And aging, in the aging process, what it generally means for consumers is that that the cheese is going to taste sharper. As a cheese ages, the liquid in the cheese evaporates, which then allows the cheese to have a more condensed and more intense Flavor. Okay, I'm understanding. The, the I'm following proteins, along. Yeah, the proteins and the fat, which is really what cheese is made of, are more condensed without without all the 
the liquid in the cheese. I guess so it's very it, similar to like meat, right? When you right. age meat, right. you draw out the water. Exactly. So it's a more intense flavor and harder. You know, generally the aged hard cheeses are good for grating purposes. You know, we have the Parmesans, the Pecorino yeah. Romanos. What's, yeah. what's the low, what's the longest, generally, what's the longest aged cheese? Good you know, question. What, and which cheeses are those? Um, some in, in the world, some of the real prized cheeses, the Parmigiano Reggiano is sort of considered the king of cheeses. That comes from Italy. It's the, the variety of Parmesan cheese that comes from the, the Parma region of Italy. And, uh, that's generally aged for two years. There are some goudas that come from Holland that can be aged anywhere from three to five to even seven years. Wow! In the in the kosher are in, these kosher? No, no, we don't Not have yet. Right now, I'm aging. Not yet. Not that's yet. Right. I know. That's, eventually, that's right. we catch up. I'm I'm currently doing some aging in my own cheese cellar. Oh yeah, we want to uh, we want to take a look. I brought one of the cheeses oh, here I'm today, so a Swiss that is aged. And I'm also aging some goudas and some cheddars, which, uh, when they're available, should have about uh, two or three years on them, and uh, will give a real good sharp consistency. Okay, so what from the first cheese sampling? What are we going to so, try here, and then what are we going to match this up with? Okay, one one other factor I just want to mention as I'm as I'm uh, doling out the cheese here. Yeah, this, we need the, this uh, first one. five pieces. <laughs> okay. That's, okay, ZK, uh, you ready? It's our first food show together. So this is a <laughs> fresh, mild gouda. We're gonna we're gonna taste and sample the cheeses in order of intensity. So okay, this so is we're a, going light. To, right. Okay. Exactly. So Jay, Jay's. We're gonna switch over to Jay. What What would you? Uh, so you know, in general, when and I've talked about this incessantly, it's important to to match your wines with your food. And and the reason why we're talking about uh, warm weather wine. I'm sorry. Cold weather wines is because, as a general rule, in, in, during uh, this time of year, you're going to have richer, heavier, heartier foods mm-hmm. with richer, heavier, heartier cheeses because they kind of go together with this cold weather where you just want to snuggle up, uh, you know, in, in some kind of good, you know, blanket or whatever. Oh. And and the wine that goes with this, we there are three wines. The first three wines, we have a total of eight wines. The first three wines are an Old Vine Zinfandel. Old Vine Zinfandel, we've talked about this before. Right. Comes from, <clears throat> comes from vines that are over 70 years old. And we're going to pour a little yeah, bit. Yeah, let, let's talk and drink. <laughs> They're over okay. 70 years old. Do we, and what do we have means, enough? I'm sorry to interrupt you, Jay. I apologize. Are there some extra cups? Do we have more glasses? We don't have more glasses, but we do have extra we have cups. We have fantastic. Here. we got to keep everybody... Wet here, so to speak. Okay. And as I'm Brett, sorry. Yes. As Brett pointed out, when you age cheese, you're reducing the moisture content. When you get wines that come from 70-year-old vines, the grapes that come out are not those big, fat grapes with loaded with water. They really look almost like raisins. There's tiny bits of water in it and mostly mulch, mostly that thick, rich you know, stuff that you're going to make the wine out of. And so the wine is much more intense, much more spicy, much richer, and therefore will go with a richer, heavier, more flavorful dish, a a cheese dish, food dish, cheese, and especially in this case. Bracha on the air. I can feel you all saying amen. I'm (laughs) spitting, so... This is so that's oh, one. So you don't make a bracha if you're spitting, right? No, you don't. Of course okay. not. Okay. Well, I'm definitely drinking because I can't. And the second, the second wine, 
Let's, is, let's move it right along because we've got eight wines to go. Jay, this is magnificent. This is yeah. really nice. And with this cheese, let's pass that cheese back. Mm. Mm. It's very early in the morning. You know Jay, what we say? Jay, that was a good choice. for the, uh, the Gouda is sort of sweet and creamy. And uh, this Zinfandel. Oh, it's so good. A sort of a full yeah. body. Would you call it a full body? Yeah, full bodied, a little bit of spice to it. Mm. You know, pretty rich. The next wine is, is and this is Baron Herzog. Old Vines Infidel. It's one metal after metal after metal, but mainly it's, it's not, it's interesting. It's not a complex wine. It's meant to be rich and flavorful and right there, you know, and, you know, a little spicy, a little heavier and really gr- goes great with some richer cheeses. But this is one of the lightest wines we're going to have today, believe it or not, even though it is a heavier light. wine. This is considered a light wine. Well, of what we're going to have today. Okay, I'm I'm very <laughs> curious to see how today. heavy we're going to go. We're we're going to. I'm not sure I did these in the right. This these two first wines in the right order. The next wine is a wine called Ovadia Morolino di Scansana. I like how you say that. Morolino di Scansana, and it's made in a 1200 year old winery. 1200 year old. Maybe you had we, this one. We mentioned this before. before. I think but, we may have had this. But thing. what's wonderful about this is a lot of Italian dishes, as you know. I mean, you're the expert on this. Rich, flavorful, yep. lots of sauce, sauce, lots of sauce, yeah, sauce, yeah, sauce, and and lots of uh, spices, etc. And heavy, heavy hot, herbs, warm, heavy herbs. you know, that kind of thing. And so this is the next one. It's called Ovadia Morolino Discansan. It's made out of the um, uh, uh, Morolino grape, which is also called the Sangiovese in other areas of of Italy. Okay, great. We're gonna. And it's Brent, made. Brent's serving serving wine now. Don't drop your jaws. Drop. It's ma- it's a non-kosher wine. Say what? Uh, uh, Say what? Good. That's a good question. Okay. Everyone, please, let's. I love please. to. I love to like you know shock everybody. It's really not. It's made by a non-kosher winery that makes a very s- small batch. cuvee batch of completely. Kosher wine. What does that mean? So, like, a rabbi will go down there for He'll like take two, three over, weeks. Yeah, take, take over, over the whole winery, clean out everything, bring like in his own barrels. Brand. Yeah, bring in his own barrels. This is under Chesidus Shashkach as well as the OU, and uh, it's really wonderful wine. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna smell. I know Jay's always taught me how to smell. Now, when you hear Jay doing this like hissing noise, like that, it's actually a technique, and he's going to explain that, that technique in a minute. Why he's making that noise? What you want to do drinking. is. You want to suck air through your palate with the wine in it so that it aerates the wine and you get much more of the flavor all over your palate. Nice. And how many more cheeses do we have, Brett? I've got uh, five five or six more cheeses here. Okay, so okay. I'm going to I'm gonna stop now. Let's, let's Brett, because we've got uh, one, two, three, four, five, six more, two, four. Yeah, he's counting yeah. up the wine. You we should see the table. More. Okay, I also brought so. in, I always promised Jay I'd bring him some cannolis from Sapienza. Mm. So we've got cannolis here. We've got lots of cheeses and lots of wine. The whole desk. If Nachum saw this, <laughs> maybe he'll be sad he missed and out. And I've actually got great dessert wine for the cannolis at the end. Fantastic. Well, that really worked out well. Okay, good. Okay, so Brent, okay, you are up next. Great. Next, uh, we're going to be trying a smoked Fresh mozzarella. Again, sticking with a sort I guess uh, the smoked is not exactly mild, but it's still a fresh cheese, so uh, we're going a little bit How does bit one lighter, actually lighter. smoke a cheese? It's actually, this is, this is a natural smoked product. Some cheeses and some smoked items 
are smoked artificially with liquid smoke. Okay. They pour, if you've seen... Yeah, you can buy you know, them at the local supermarkets. Exactly. Comic has liquid smoke. Wow, exactly. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Some people do it that way. This is natural smoked. It's naturally smoked in a room with hickory wood and surrounded by a natural... It's, it's in a natural smoker. A smoking cool. room. It's so impressive hick- because it's so much dif- more difficult to do, takes more time, needs it's more effort. You actually round. burn the stuff. I mean, that's really impressive. I'm, I'm really impressed. It, yeah, it is. It's a, um, it's a lot more time consuming, laborious. Okay. Go around. All right. <laughs> one, one of the things, uh, Naomi, that I wanted to mention in terms of going back to the seasonality of cheeses, one of the other things that, um, helps determine the flavor of cheese is the flavor, the flavor of the milk. Do I? Yeah. Do I? I'm it's getting, very I'm getting, smoky. I'm getting a lot of smiles and interesting mm. looks here about yeah, the, the smokiness. Yeah, because we're chewing. <laughs> it's delicious. You know what I like about, if I may, I'm a little bit of a foodie, not only a whiny, but what I like about this is that even though it's a light cheese, that smokiness gives it a dimension, a, a richer dimension that if you're going to eat a light cheese during the winter or during, you know, when you want richer cheeses and you want the cheese to be light, this kind of combination is wonderful. Yeah. Thanks, Jay. Yeah. No, you're right. It's, um, and it lends itself well to a lot of dishes, to easy dishes. Yeah. So what were you, you know, saying about? Well, uh, before I'll go back to that in a second, just to mention a dish that, uh, that people could uh, plan to make uh, very easily. Yeah, great idea. Uh, tomato, tomatoes, basil, and smoked mozzarella are a perfect combination. In a salad. Very easy. You could add pasta. What I, what I generally oh, tend nice. to do, just throw in some pasta and a little bit of balsamic vinegar, a mm. splash of balsamic, and you've got a meal. And oh, then have that. it with some Morellino di Scansana, and you're really good. Oh, my really gosh. See, this gas. is why we have you all in together. Very Wait, nice. a little drop of olive oil? Uh, you could put olive oil as well, but it doesn't even necessarily need. This a little bit lovely. of balsamic, and, and you're good to go. Yeah. Uh, back to then what I was going to say about the seasonality and, and how some of these cheeses taste differently according to the milk. Uh, the animals, in particular the cows, in the springtime they're going to be grazing – they're going to be grazing on fresh, uh, young grasses, floral, uh, spring flowers uh, in the summer, more lush green grass, and in the winter, um, grains and typically hay. So as we know with people, what, you, what a woman eats uh, will affect the taste of the milk that uh, she produces as she's breastfeeding and the same with the cows and the and the milk that they're going to produce and thus uh affects the taste of the cheese. Mm. So it's, um it, yeah it's, so, it's it's really yeah, the this seasonality. is really this is really spectacular it's like a nice soft light cheese with this kick or I don't want to say hint because it's not a hint of smoking it's a kick of smoking right? Oh it's like, a serious smoke. It's yeah. it's it, you know yeah. it's not a light smoke um that was really lovely. I, I I like smoked cheese more and more as I've gotten a little bit older and more popu- It's become more popular to, yeah, to make it's, them. It's, so it's, I guess my palate's gotten used to it. But this that was really lovely. It's it's an intense flavor. It's not for everybody, but it's um, uh, like I said, it does go very well with some some uh, some dishes. Some a lot of the I Italian think, dishes. I think you say it's not for everybody. I I don't think there's a limitation on this because, like I said before, to me. As being a foodie, it has that light, fresh, kind of every man 
can accept, or every woman can yeah, accept cheese, <laughs> but it's got that little extra kick of interesting flavor right. with the smoke. So right, and it comes. I it think comes, it's pretty universal. Comes, I think it'd be great for just a whole wide range of tastes and, and opinions. And, and what would you, which would you recommend? Uh, I, I was going to recommend the Morellina Descansano. I'm waiting for your next cheese, which is perhaps a little heavier. I want to try to say that Morellina Descansana. Did I say it right? No, not with yeah. my, not with my Australian accent. No, Morellina Descansana is fine. Okay. Great. This is great. Okay, okay. so now Going we're with the next cheese, we're sticking with the Italian theme. Now that was a domestic. That was a domestic cheese. Both the cheeses that I presented so far, the Gouda and the smoked fresh mozzarella, both are made here. The mozzarella is a New York State produced. So your, you, these are all your cheeses that you are producing. Yes, yes, I do. I go out to the small family farms, and we produce cheese together. I give them my recipes and formulas. And we talk about the salt level and the pH balance and, and the aging process and all that kind of stuff. And then, and then they produce cheese for me. And then, uh, they continue to produce cheese for me when I'm, when I've gone back to the office. And then they send me a sample of every vat that they continue to make. And, uh, sometimes they're not so happy if a vat, if a sample from a vat comes to me and I'm not, uh, I'm not satisfied with it. I'll reject it and will not, uh, put it under my label. So That's it's really it. your quality controlling your Absolutely. own stuff, which Absolutely. is just wonderful. Your, your your cheeses are excellent because you are excellent what you do. You really have this. Thank like, you. Master a, there's a selection. Nap. There's a selection process. Very intense selection process, and we spend a lot of time at it. Is there? I a have na- to sit there and taste cheeses for a living, isn't that? Oh, uh, isn't and that a he tough tastes, job? And Jay tastes wine for yeah. a living, and then Listen, they come to us. Listen, it's a tough road, but somebody's got to yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah. And then they come to us, studio, me and ZK get to eat it all and drink it all. It's fabulous. What a, what a great job we all have. Um, so here was my question: Is there a name? I know, like Sumalier is a wine taster and a, right not so much a producer but a sommelier is like right and yeah so on. so is there a an official name sommelier. like a horticulturist does flowers what does a cheese is there official cheese name yeah for from well fromage yeah. fromage is the the french name for cheese so a fromagerie or a cheesemonger really cheese you're a cheesemonger like sure. a fishmonger the, yeah. i was going to say that's probably the closest that's uh, the closest one, yeah. one of the yeah one of the other things that i that i'm involved in a lot there's another good french word for uh affinage uh, i'm i'm also uh, a an, an affineur, which, okay. which means somebody who ages cheese. So uh, in the last year or so, I've uh, that's been a um, uh, that's been a skill set that I've uh, taken upon myself to learn. And and uh, the aging process is such an important part of uh, as we were talking earlier about uh, how the cheese ends up tasting. Oh wow! That so affineur is probably closest to uh, aside from the selection process and the production. Yeah, we don't only want to educate people about. Tasting cheeses and and wines, of course, we want to learn the history and and how the how tos and you know everything behind it. Sure, but it's sure. just not you know. In the in the af, in the affinage process, the aging process, there's a lot that goes into it. Turning of the cheeses, knowing exactly when they're um, uh, when the the proper age is that they're they're good and ripe and ready to eat. Also, coating them, we coat them with some secret ingredients. Things Ooh. like Oils and vinegars and herbs and different things to. Uh, what do you mean coating? Like you rub around the rind, exactly. different, and yeah. it seeps all the way through. It does. It does with a natural rind. The um, sometimes we actually soak them in different uh, different alcohols or different oils and vinegars uh, to acquire so cool. a lot of a lot of the non-kosher uh, cheeses. You'll you'll uh, read about. Um, there's something that many people know about called a drunken goat. Okay. It's a, it's a popu- popular cheese that comes from Spain that is soaked in wine for months. 
and it's uh, it's actually becoming very trendy and popular here in the states. But there's a number of other cheeses that are soaked in wine uh, or different alcohols, different spirits that come from Europe, and that's uh, very popular. So we're we're experimenting with some things, and I should have something coming out soon. It sounds amazing. We've had what's the next cheese? We've had lots of experience while he's preparing uh, that. We've had lots of experience, and I, I met with Joe Herleman out in uh, Oxnard, California, and he explained to me in detail when we played the interview how they make wine, and now we're learning how to make the cheese. It's a, quite a similar process, James. You know, would, would you say that? Not only is I'm it a similar process, process, listen to me, I'm copying you. You're Australian yeah. now. <laughs> but not only is it a similar process, but you know that the addition, what makes cheese kosher besides the fact that it has to have, and correct me if I'm wrong, and also the disclaimer here, ask your local rabbi, but what makes cheese kosher, because I used to dabble, I used to be in the cheese business for a short period of time, many years, many, many years ago, is not only does it have to have kosher, um, kosher rennet, and not only if it's chalavi stroll, does it have to be made from chalavi stroll milk, but also the person adding the rennet, from what I understand, also has to be, uh, you know, the person they're initially adding the rennet should be an observant person as well. Just really? Like, yeah, because, and, and it's very similar to wine in that respect. Because, you know, the handling of, that's considered enough to be the person handling the cheese making. And, and you know, ask your local rabbi, maybe you can comment on that as well. The other thing is, is that you talk beautifully about what the cows eat and what the sheeps eat, etc., etc. We talk in the wine business about terroir, meaning where does the grapes grow? Mm-hmm. What are they getting from the soil? What mm-hmm. kind of weather did we have? Correct. How was the season for the harvest? All those things come out in the grape, in the raw material. So in in cheese and wine, there are so many similarities that are so exciting. No, I'm serious. I'm, I'm hearing it from both both on a uh, a technical level and even on a religious level, uh, you know, a spiritual level. And the next one, uh, you want to? What is this? What am I? What yeah, do I, we, have I don't think we explain this because it is to die for. I can't wait to hear it. What, what is I couldn't it? agree with you more, though, Jay, on the terroir. Absolutely, that that has everything to do with uh, the taste of the cheese, as we were talking about the. Um, the seasonality. I'm, I'm having wine poured in front of me. Yeah, uh, but where's your uh, glass, temp- my friend? Uh, there you go. There's your glass. Load her up. Tempted into. Uh, <laughs> CK doesn't know. Imbibing rather than speaking, but. Um, uh, okay, so the next, uh, as I was mentioning, the uh, the Italian theme here. This is actually an Italian cheese. It's called. It's my own creation called Montaggio. It comes from the Friuli Venezia region in northern Italy, northeastern Italy. Do you go there to make it? I do. Can I come on the next trip? <laughs> I was actually there uh, a couple of months ago and <gasps> had a wonderful, wonderful trip. Uh, so this this cheese is aged about uh, nine months. You could taste that it's a strong. This is probably the, about the strongest um, cheese. Well, definitely the strongest we've had so far. I see another one that's going to be a little more intense later on. It, but uh, so Brent, the, this is fabulous. I know you, I probably say you. that about each cheese, but really, like, I mean, they're they're just so. Good. These, this Italian cheese comes from cows that are grazing year-round, free-roaming, grazing, grass-fed cows up in the uh, in the in the north of uh, northeastern Italy, and uh, and you could taste, as I was mentioning, the flavor. God, I can't stop eating this one. <laughs> the flavor is pretty intense because of the type of f- the flora and fauna and everything that they that they're consuming, the grasses. It's very, very rich tasting cheese. 
I find that Americans don't make such with good this, cheese. With this, che- yeah, <laughs> this, no, is, I, it, this has a until I met extra, Brent, but this is an extra this, intensity that uh, that American cheeses generally don't have. Yeah, that's but, um, really something you can really it, taste that. I'll just mention a traditional dish that is used, and it also uh, goes with the theme here of the seasonality. A good winter dish. Yeah, the, please. Uh, frico, it's called. Frico, frico okay. Frico is an Italian. It's a fried. In fact, it's sort of apropos to the season that we're in here with Hanukkah. What you do is you you fry it in oil in a in a dish in a pan, and it comes out to be almost like a pancake, almost a similar really? texture to a. Really? What's the raw material? It's just the cheese. You actually okay? Let's let's just let's start the, the recipe cheese. again. We're going to do the what's for dinner segment now. <laughs> I always talk about what's for dinner. It's a little segment I always, and then I give a recipe. So let's let's talk about this recipe. Spell? Can you spell freco? F R I C O. Okay, so you take a saute pan, a, yep. a skillet. Just put a little put, bit of olive oil in the pan. Okay, everyone listening, write it. Grab a pen, everyone. Grab a piece of paper, uh, back of an envelope. Is, I don't know even know if you need the pen. It's just very simple. You just put the cheese in and fry it up until it's. Crisp and almost like a. How big should the piece like be? A, let's let's get a little bit. You know, I'm trying to picture somebody in their kitchen doing this as we speak. So I uh, like depends. Uh, maybe thick. maybe a four or a six ounce. Just very thin. Maybe a half a quarter to a half inch thick. Half inch thick, about mm-hmm. a centimeter. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, just like I say, until it's melted. And that uh, gets hard. You need you need a hard you need to begin with a hard cheese like this montage. And it melts and then hardens. It melts and hardens. Yeah. And it gets all Correct. crispy. And very often what people will do, the Italians traditionally make something called frico di patate. Patate. I like and, to say uh, the patate. <laughs> they, they can, you can add onions and potatoes in as mm. well. So, uh, you know, again, sort of similar to our Hanukkah theme. But uh, yeah. it, it, it ends up coming out to look almost like a latka. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, so we'll try that. I mean, you know, Hanukkah was a, not too long ago, but we can still stay in that, stay in that uh, theme there because, you know, it's always good to have good food all the time, even though it's deep fried. You do it with, uh, you know, uh, you don't have to use that it's much not oil. Deep on this. fried, yeah. right? It's yeah. not deep fried. It's pan fried. Right. People yeah. like pan fried. And just a little fried. bit of olive oil. Probably right. use a, a a stickless kind of surface, right? Yeah. No, I, yeah. I would. I would. Everything say, in moderation. Yeah, just just enough to uh, get a little bit more than a coating uh, on the pan. Oh, okay. Yes. That's that's great. I'm definitely going to try that. And Jay, kid- where would we go? Uh- this is amazing. I'm, uh, you know, it, it's really a, an uptick uh, in terms of richness from the smoked mozzarella to this cheese. It's a much spicier, much richer. And we're going to go to a much richer, much more spicier wine. This Alexander Reserve Cabernet Sauvignon comes from grapes that are grown in the Galilee. We went from California uh, the grapes uh, that come from um, uh, in the Red Zinfandel in Lodi district of California to the Morlino di Scansana, which comes from uh, Scansana, the area in Italy that the Morlino comes from. And then finally, we're, we've got plenty more wines to go, but we've gone to Alexander Winery. It's Where is made, that? It's in, it's in Israel. It's about uh, 30 minutes north of uh, Tel Aviv. Is the winery, but the wines are the grapes actually come from the Golan Heights. Uh, but this guy has a real specific, like you with the cheese mongering or you know cheese making kind of thing. He has a very specific way he likes to make wine, and that is what we call extract. So what he does is he looks for the most ripest grapes he can find within a vineyard, uh, a, a terroir area, in this case the Galilee region. He actually allows them to dry a little bit before he puts them into the crush. 
and then he extracts and leaves them on the skins for a long time because, as I've described here before, a lot of the pigment, a lot of the flavor, a lot of the richness, a lot of the complexities and and so much more is is not just from the juice, it's from the skins themselves. And so he leaves them on the skins for a long time. This particular reserve Cabernet is aged over two years, so he's got a lot of oak extract as well, and it's all in new oak, which means that you not only get the flavor from the vines, you not only get the flavor from the skins, you not only get the flavor from the grape juice, you get the flavor from the oak as well. And and most of the oak, or about half of the oak, is from California oak, which is a lot of vanilla, um, and a lot of the oak is also French oak, which is a little bit uh, less vanilla, but more complex. This wine is is then aged for another year in the bottle itself. So the, oh, really? Yeah, so so it just sits around in the just sits bottle. Around in the bottle. In the and what's interesting also is, is that, uh, and this is something that Nathan Herzog had decided about four years ago, he said, or even longer, he said, you know, we get the wines in, and they're pretty shooken up. I mean, they've made this trip across the world, literally, yeah. over a three-week period in, in a boat, and they've been shaken up and all that kind of stuff. And so we allow then the wines to sit in our cellars at, at the uh, at the wine at the wine warehouse for another three to four weeks before they're released so that they can kind of settle down, come together. <clears throat> and That's this is one so of those. so interesting. Yeah. This is one of those very rich, very flavorful, even some complexity. And not only that, but the wines are also fermented in the barrel. So if, if wine is fermented in stainless steel, like uh, cheese is fermented in, in vats, I believe, not oak, right? They're fermented in, in steel as well, right? Steel, correct. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't so, pick up a metal taste? No, no, no. That's exactly why they, I, I mean, from what I understand, they don't want it to pick up any taste. So that's why they do it in stainless steel. Oh, but so in the case of wine, yeah. when they're fermented in the oak, they actually extract some of that flavor from the wood itself. So you get that richness of the oak with it. You get the richness of the grapes that come from the Golan Heights. You get the richness of the tannins that come from the skins and uh, you know, you put that all together and you get a really wonderfully rich, more flavorful wine. I could just imagine that dish that you mentioned, the freak, freak, frico. 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 Take a frico, add some tomatoes on top, some smothered onions on top, some, well, you can't do meat, you know. No, no. Like the, like the, guy, like the Italians salami, might do. Salami, right? That would yeah, be that salami. Would be amazing, we can't but, do that. You know, add a bunch of those, even some mushrooms, cook some mushrooms on top, and put that together with this rich, flavorful Alexander Reserve Cabernet Sauvignon from the Galilee, and you, I think you've got a great combination. Um, and, and again, as you mm. can see, we moved from Red Zinfandel to the Morlino Discansana, both, I, I kind of like in the, Weight-wise, you know, heavy richness-wise, about the same. And then you've gone to this wine that I, I, I hope you all agree is is richer than the than the first two, much richer. That was much lovely, Jay. Yeah, that's it, this is a wonderful wine. Did you did you say vanilla was? Did a, I have that yeah. one? Yeah, you, you could. I could taste the vanilla in this. I don't know about anything. Okay, else. I think I need. I think I need a little. That's, tr- that's one of the flavors that. Uh, I want to try that again with the with the vanilla in mind. Because I want to try what what Jay was talking about. This, I mean, the cheese is absolutely magnificent. The one that you just um, cut up and passed around, Montaggio. The Montaggio. That's not as strong, right? It's you, not as strong. Right. It was, that was the same cheese, right? Right. Right. It's it's strong, but it's not like as strong as a Parmesan. When I am I no. saying the right thing? Well, yeah, absolutely. It's aged uh, 
you know, some of it, again, has to do with the aging process. This is aged about eight or nine months where a typical Parmesan is it's aged longer. Uh, longer, a year mm. or a couple of years. What I like about the also the combination, and this is something that too often too many of, of our community and communities in general that drink wine and food don't do enough of. They don't pair wines with their foods enough. Yes, I agree 100%. And if they would, not only would each individually be enjoyed, but together they'd be enjoyed even more. More, yeah. Because you know, those complexity of flavors and tastes that go together, I have just le- amazing. I have learned that from you, Jay. I learned so much from you in the last almost a year that we've yeah. been doing. You know, Thanksgiving was the first, era of Thanksgiving was the first time you and I met with Miriam and we went to right. the former restaurant, what's it called? Uh, Noah's Ark. We right. went there for our first meeting. Um, but, you know, I learned that so much from you. And one of those things is about whether it's dairy or meat, um, you know, just pairing it with the right either cheese or meat dish is just it changes the flavor of the wine and the actual dish itself just by having a good pairing. I'd like so. to I'd like to offer <clears throat> one more wine to taste um, of the red wines. Of the red wines, actually, we're going to go to a, a. What are we doing next? Uh, we are going to do a shredded Swiss. Shredded oh, Swiss. Oh, that sounds okay, very so let's, interesting. Okay, let's do this next wine as well. And keep it in mind when we're going to the Swiss, and I'll talk a little bit about it, and then you can do the next two cheeses. Here you go. Okay. All right. We're we're, we're pouring some nice red wine. Now, why is it wrapped in tissue paper? Oh. Is that, is that like a trick? It's like a marketing thing. Oh, uh, really? It's, yeah. That's cute. It's wrapped well, in this, this is a white very, tissue paper. This is a paper. very expensive wine. It's called Shiloh Mosaic. Okay. And how much is that a bottle? This is about 80 bucks. What? That's right. Fill up my glass right now. <laughs> no, no, do you want to leave the wine in there and take it home instead? Yeah. But, <laughs> I don't know if hubby will, you know, this make this is on a, that tonight. <laughs> this is a combination of Merlot, Cabernet, Cabernet, um, Cabernet Franc, and Petit Verdot. Is that in my, what's in my glass right yes, now? Yes, that's what's in your glass right now. And I'm, what, I'm smelling it. You know, I've talked about this guy before. He's really a wonderful guy who makes this wine and who owns the winery. His name is Meyer Chomer. Or is it? Wait, can I just ask? Is this what the the wine that, with the vanilla hint that I've got in mind, or you just poured? The no, this is here? this is new. You, you poured this for yeah. me in here. Okay, yeah. all right. This also has vanilla. This also has a vanilla. Hint. Lot, this has actually more pronounced vanilla, and as you can see. Oh yes, it does. As you can see, again, we're moving up the we're moving up the food chain, so to speak. It's richer, more flavorful, heavier. Um, uh, the winemaker is an ex-Canadian slash paratrooper slash construction guy in Israel, man of many trades. Who, you know, who makes matzah in his own hearth, you know, for his <laughs> own family, and then decided to just make great wine. The owner Meyer is a guy that uh, studied law in in Spain, moved to Mexico to be with his family's business, practices law and real estate in Mexico and a bunch of other businesses, and then married a girl from Kew Garden Hills. So, oh, that's so cute. And has a place in Israel, so he's making these really great wines. This is What I love about this wine is that it is so complex, it is so rich, it is so flavorful, and really goes with these richer kind of cheeses. So. Okay, I'm going to smell this one. I don't know if this is a word that could be used to describe a clean. It really has a clean taste to it. Right? Clean, almost refreshing. It's lovely. Mm. This is really lovely. So what are we complimenting? It's a nice, a a com- nice wine to What's the compliment sort of wine for cleanse this? Cleanse the palate for the next uh, cheese here. We've got um, 
This is a low-fat Swiss. Oh, low-fat. I like that. Yeah, low-fat and low-sodium, but lots of flavor. We, um, it's also domestic cheese and, uh, wanted to, you know, during, during this, uh, during the winter season here, a lot of people, uh, associate alpine style cheeses with winter time. So this is, um, this is our version of an alpine style cheese. Low sodium, low fat Swiss comes okay. from the Midwest. And what we've done, I, uh, I decided to shred it. And, uh, it's sold put, shredded? It's now sold shredded. Here you can see the package. Yeah, it's, an, it's a nice it's little package. A, it's in a cup, sort of like you would buy shredded or grated Parmesan. And, uh, for cooking and baking purposes, we thought that uh, there's nothing else out there like it. People at this time of the year are, uh, are making fondues Fondue. and casseroles we and quiches and fondue. you can put this, I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 I'm just en- enhancing your fondue, uh, comment yeah. because I think it's such a great fun family dinner. It is, absolutely. So this cheese is very versatile. Good melting cheese, the way it's shredded. You just sprinkle a little bit, uh, you can even put it on like a French onion soup. Oh, I love, we love French onion soup in our house. You know what a little trick to making really great French onion soup is? Really good red wine in the soup, of course, and some miso. Ooh, you know that what miso sounds is? great. Yeah, sure. mi- gives that it the imitation beef flavor that we uh-huh. want to have um, when we're making a dairy onion soup. Oh, and you want that very beef. Very interesting. You know, traditionally it's made with, with beef stock, so um, this kind of imitates that so we can have it with some really good cheese. Okay. We're passing this around. So the way, yeah, we're we're gonna have to just sort of okay, do it the old-fashioned family-style way of just everybody. Yeah, we're passing around this um, shredded cheese dip. here. So okay. no double dipping, is that it? Yeah. Okay. A big pile of shredded. <laughs> doesn't matter to me. <laughs> me either. Just don't tell my son or my wife, you know. Some of the characteristics of a of a of a Swiss. Do you get some of that nutty? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Nutty taste. Mm. Okay. Why does um. Swiss cheese, out of all the cheeses, have a very pungent smell when you cook it. it smells so when you strong. Cook it, well, when it's mm. when it's made, I mean, it's different cheeses also have different flavors because of the different uh, bacterial cultures that are used to produce the cheese. And one of the things that Swiss Swiss actually, as you let it age, it um, it you see the 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 holes in the Swiss are produced yeah. by the release of carbon dioxide. So they're in the natural cheese. holes. They are. They are the the. It's the release of the gases that are that are aging in the cheese. Okay, why does Swiss cheese do it more than any other cheese? Again, it's it's a Swiss type of a bacterial culture that's uh, that's added to the uh, to the in the production of the cheese. Okay, so when you say what does that mean? It, you take a bottle of something like you know like liquid smoke came in a bottle. So how do you get this? Yeah, Sweet. yeah. Essentially, essentially, that's what it is. You know, it's it's a you know, sort of like wine. It is the production of cheese is a controlled method of fermentation. So if you if you were to think about taking a glass of milk, leaving it out, I'm gonna you know, die on a, on a warm <laughs> summer day, <laughs> or it would start fermenting. It would start fermenting, and, and, and we call that out. ruining it. You know, oh, we call it spoiling. Be, but I you love wouldn't want You wouldn't want to drink that or eat right. it because it's bad bacteria. What we do is. We control the type of bacteria that goes into the production of that, the production of the curds. You know, the curds become the solid parts of the and cheese. And he's not talking about the guys from the Middle East. No, you? no. Right, right. I think it's actually spelled curds, differently. Curds with a C, that's right. Yeah. So uh, curds and whey, if we remember C- our... Right, nursery, nursery rhymes. rhymes. That's right. That's right. Sure. I'm actually a preschool teacher by training, so there you go. Oh, okay. So between the, between the bacterial cultures that are added and then the enzymes, the rennet... 
they help the milk coagulate in a in the in the uh in a healthy way and the pasteurization and a bunch of other things but uh yeah so it's the fermentation and then the process. water if i understand this if i remember correctly then the water runs off right it coagulates and it's left in a kind of a, a bath a water bath and that that's water is way. removed right that's the way that's the way Correct. and how long how long does it take to make swiss cheese because uh, it's so distinct. Yeah, well, it's it's made in a day. I mean, the production is actually done in a day, but then the aging cool. process is, takes about a month or two months. That's where and the then, bubbles and holes call, right, occur. Right, and then depends how long you want to age it. Some of the Emmental cheeses, the famous Emmentals yep. from Switzerland or Gruyere-style cheeses, they have different cheeses that are made in the Alpine areas of France and Switzerland. Comte, Gruyere, Emmental, those are sort of the... Famous traditional, those can be aged in very large wheels, 75, 80 pound wheels yeah, they, for a year, two years, even longer. Picture them, like you see them on television, these big gigantic cheese wheels. Right. You see them in Israel. I don't think we see them really at kosher supermarkets here. Yeah, no, they, they were traditionally made in the chalets in the, in the mountainsides, the little cheese making places in the sides of the mountains in the Alps. So these are kosher ones? So, well, yeah, this is, this is an American domestic style. Again, it's a little bit different, but it's a, but you, you get that same, same nuttiness and, and Swiss, uh, with the, with the holes, the carbon dioxide. I didn't find this. Usually I'm not the biggest fan of Swiss cheese, right? But I mm-hmm. found this, you know, maybe I haven't had the right company and now I found you, but this was not, I always Too found it very, very overwhelming, smell and taste-wise, and I, I don't can like I, one thing can, to completely overtake. I got overtake. a great idea for this. You know, you talk, and I think it's great that you did this. That you, you know, because you're right, it doesn't exist shredded. Right. But I, during the week, I don't, I try not to eat meat, and I, ha- I do these vegetable dishes that I do pan sear, you know, kind of pan sautéed, where I just add beans and any kind of vegetables you can imagine, and then I add whatever wines left over. But then after it's all cooked. Very often I'll take that lacy Swiss thing and I'll put a, a slice on top and I'll let it melt. Mm-hmm. This is so much better. I mean, this is a great idea. You could just taste this. You could take this and sprinkle it on the top and it gets much more um, integrated. Right. Well, with, besides well, cooking with it, you could use it as a, a kind of. Um, well, you that's, also that's have. Topping. That's, right. that's, a, that's what it was intended. That was oh, you really? You also okay. have this Absolutely. crumbled yeah, goat yeah. cheese that I throw in my cooking all the time. Right, don't you have a container? I remember you bought it in last sure. time. Yeah, this, I mean, this I, could be used without melting. I mean, it could be just spread over salads or anything, but it's also, I think it's primarily, uh, intended as a good melting cheese. So you could melt it, you could put it in omelets, you could, like we said, the French onion soup, in quiches, and, in, 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 you know, all kinds of baked, uh, dishes. But you're right, it's, it's, it's supposed to make it very easy for us. Those yeah. of us that don't, uh, that don't like to sit in great, our own cheese. Yeah, I, I love this. You know what? I'm thinking even something simple. Like I know it's going to sound weird, but like even a eggplant, pa- eggplant parmesan or a penne alla vodka, throw in on top at the end right before you serve it some of this Swiss cheese. It's just going to really bring a lot of flavors together. And I'm always talking about marriage of flavors. I think that would be a great flavor to add into something that has a slightly blander taste. You want to kick it up a notch, throw in some of this shredded Swiss cheese. And of course, Jay, we're going to have it with... This Alexander Reserve Cabernet and or and or the mosaic also that we just had before this one here. That was the eighty dollar bottle. That's the I like that. That was excellent. Yeah. You know that's something when you want to have a treat. Like I know we had just Hanukkah two weeks ago, so not even ten days ago. So so um 
You know, that's something you buy yourself as a, as a Hanukkah present. You know, you, know, you I, buy your, right? You I want have to treat tell you, I, I did this on purpose. I brought eight different bottles of wine. And you should know that the first two wines, even the red Zinfandel, which is so rich and so delicious, and the Moralino di Scansana, these are wines that are between 10 and $15. Right. And then we moved up to a 30 to $40. Then we moved up to an $80 bottle of wine. We're, we're going to go to the next four wines, which are all relative, light, sweet, to uh to rich sweet and uh, they're also in in you know between eight and twelve dollars so right okay something a little bit affordable but you know something also a little bit classy and high price not that the other cheaper wines are not classy they're yeah. all classy wines okay so now we're going to switch wines again we're going to switch wines again this is this is a sweeter wine and we're going to pass this around with Brent we're taking another version of the same cheese. The reduced fat Swiss, but coming in a large chunk that has been aged in our aging room, our cheese cellar. So, yeah, this is a six-month-old aged uh, low-fat Swiss, domestic product. The same exact item that you had in the uh, shredded version. You'll now take it, yeah. Uh, By the way, the the Swiss is also what's considered a brined cheese. It's soaked in salt water. To oh, get okay. uh, some of that, some of that salt. I know about brining for meat, so. Right. Okay. And uh, what we've done with this cheese, as in the aging process, we've also coated it again with a brine solution to help the aging process. And uh, as you'll taste here, uh, six months later. Okay. You know same, what I love same, about same this cheese? kind of Perfect cheese? Perfect Correct me if I'm wrong about this, Brent. You know, and we've gone to uh, milchik restaurants, dairy restaurants. Bit of hole. Where where the desserts are often cheese platters. Mm. So you know That's you have this wonderful delicious meal, and then at the end of it you have this really rich, delicious cheese platter. I think could this be could this be used as a a kind of dessert as well? You know, at the end Absolutely. of a meal. Absolutely, and and if you'll taste uh, that, that's a good question, Jake. More and more restaurants are doing that. Um, this is and, and if you and, and if you taste some of these cheeses, this Swiss in particular, aside from the nuttiness, doesn't it? Do you, have, do you taste some of that sweet? Mm-hmm. It's sweetness beautiful. Of a Swiss? And it's creamy. It's, oh. And you know, let me tell you about the wine that's I'm going let with it. Jay, describe all this because. Oh my gosh! First of all, I'm speechless. One of the things that I think a lot of the community forgets is that when they brine a cheese, and stop me if I'm wrong, when they brine a cheese. They want you to eat it with the rind. Yes, right. I just cases. did that. I just chewed up the rind. And it makes it makes great sense. I've seen so many people take um, take rinded cheeses and actually cut it out. <laughs> you know, cut it out from the rind, and I'm I'm horrified by it because you want that flavor, you want that kick of slight bitterness and flavor that goes with it. Um, Fabulous. So I know I'm not I'm supposed to be here talking about wine, but I'm very excited about food in general. So I love cheese. So I like talking about it too. But to go with it, we've gotten a really delicious wine. And here I'm going to knock your socks off. Yeah. I want everyone to guess how expensive this wine is. It's either going to be like eighty dollars or eight. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's a beautiful because, bottle. Just because you, it, it looks to... like a very expensive wine, but just because you posed the question, yeah, I know. I'm going to go with ten dollars. Yeah, under... it's under ten bucks. Yeah, is see, it... eight. And this is great. This is, is the it... nicest petite Syrah I've ever had. I mean, this is a petite Syrah. This is beautiful. It's beautiful. It's under ten bucks. It's made by um, by Kesser, no. by Joseph Zakon. 
by Joseph Zakon, who's who makes Kessler wines as well. It's one of his better wines, you know, one of his higher end wines, but it's still only ten bucks. Can you imagine? And I think this is a great wine with a rich cheese, a creamy cheese. The one we have. It's made from California Petit Syrah grapes. It's so good and it's I so delicious and it's so reasonably priced. And so, uh, there Jay, you go. Jay, this is fabulous, this Thank Petit you. Syrah. Thank really you. fabulous. It's That's wonderful and it does pair very well with this, with the Swiss here. This is mm. unbelievable. This is, this is, can I say that this was the nicest pairing? Um, with the, with Brent's, um, uh, and you're right. It's got that little aged. kick of sweetness as yep. well with on the cheese that, that stands up with it. With Brent's cheese, um, the Swiss and the um, California 2011 Petit Syrah. Mm. Unbelievable. Perfect and, marriage. Yeah. And this does not spend time in oak, etc. All right. We're going to – I want to, if I may um, – What's this one? Same thing? Same thing. Okay. I was just asking Jay what's on my um, – Brent, what was on my plate here? Yeah, so, this yeah, is really good. That and, was really and a that, treat. That, by the way, is uh, it's, a, it's a real treat. It's not available in the stores. Really? This, yeah. Thank no, you so is... much, Brent. That was amazing. Oh, my okay. pleasure. With a bunch I'm going to go to a foodies. If I can, that we have in the room. Uh, yeah. Mm. Couldn't. No, we need what, some what crusty got? bread. You got one. Um, what, do you, what have you got left? I've got uh, one more cheese here. It's, okay, uh, so let me just do two more dessert wines. Real All dessert right. Wines. Okay. No problem. This is called Piata Sauterne. I have to dry out my glass. You could use the sauterne to actually rinse your glass. Okay, there you go. I'm tipping the a little, little bit. bit. Can I just make a comment? Do you think crusty, yeah. crusty bread would go amazing with this, right? A really good crusty baguette. Is that a rhetorical question? That's I'm asking. A- absolutely, absolutely. Wonderful. Now, this is a wine that actually, don't be horrified by this, but this is a wine whose grapes are allowed to rot I'll repeat that. Oh, don't say that. This I'm is a wine whose die. grapes are allowed to rot on the vine before oh, they harvest them. Don't say it. I have this thing with and my And what cold. they do is there is a there is a um, uh, uh, there is a something called a botrytis a botrytis which is a um, um, a mold a mold like the kind of mold that you see. It's not the kind of mold you see in your basement, but like the mold you see in the basement is a mold that grows on the grape skins. It eats the grape skins. Therefore, the water leaks out. You end up with a much more intense juice, and that is made into this wine. It's made from Sauvignon Blanc. Generally, Sauvignon Blanc is a is a, a dry wine. This is, as you can see, very rich. This is magnificent, Jay. This is really lovely. This is actually the bottle that I thought was whiskey. I've never seen wine that color before. Can you explain? Is is that because of the rotting of? I don't want to say it. We've been very graphic this show, but is that because of the rotting of the skins? Well, no, it's actually the aging. Well, yes, there's a lot of there's more skin contact to the mulch, so therefore you get more extract of color from the skins. But also because of the aging. I mean, this wine is this wine is a 2006. It's seven years old, which means that just like when you cut an apple, you get that kind of browning. This is in the bottle, so it's much slower, but you get some of that color and the flavor too. This is an amazing wine. This is that was really absolutely fantastic. And it's very big in France. They eat they eat uh, really rich cheeses with with um, 
Okay. He's got, mm. yeah, this is really And, and I'm going to do the last one and then I'm done. A lot of it, uh, a lot of us are literally absolutely speechless. Jay, okay, about, guys, would, we've got. Would you save the last one because I think we're going to need something to okay. cleanse our palate after yeah, this, okay. this final. Uh, okay. Okay, we've got that final cheese, Fi- Brent. Final You're going to introduce our final cheese. We're going to have a plate of, a big yeah, pile of save, cheese. Save this for last because our it cheese is a platter. smoky chipotle cheddar. Ah. And, uh, uh, you're not going to be able to taste a whole lot after this. Okay, it's, it's going to knock our palates out. It is, it is. Okay. So this is a good, and, um, you know, try, as I keep saying, trying to keep with our seasonal theme here, the winter theme. Uh, this goes great in anything Mexican. Oh, psagot. Is this psagot? Yes, what? it is. Okay. okay and you. as or, much uh, as you might might think you're not going to be able to taste anything with, with, with after this cheese, my goodness. This not only is a very sweet dessert wine. Very sweet. But it's got high alcohol and it's loaded with flavor. So I, I'm hoping that I'm, this I'm is, just wondering if this if the, this is beautiful. This know, will the be hot. A, the hot cheese is maybe I too, love, but I happen to love too, uh, hot and sweet together. Uh, okay, spicy see, sweet. That's goes. like sure. my favorite. Like a a spicy tuna roll in sushi with a really sweet sauce on mm-hmm. it. That's this kind of like Sagot my Pratt. sweet heat. I like sweet heat. That's absolutely. That's a trend in food. The okay. Asian and the and the Latin American. Yeah, that's, love it. Bring it. Okay. Hot and sweet. Um, so this this final cheese here. This is a chipotle cheddar. We smoked the chipotle peppers. So this has got a kick to it for for everybody who's uh, not uh, not fans. Okay, of, we'll, we'll try no, a little I'm, heat. I'm, pre, I'm pre-warning everybody here. Okay, I've got I've got my it's sweet red spicy wine. Spicy and smoky, but uh, not. Too overwhelmingly spicy, but uh, some people. Really, it's really but spicy. Some, but some people, okay. Not really, a little. Can you picture this in Mexican dishes? Absolutely, this would be great uh, with avocado. A, oh, I'm tasting melted in a avocado quesadilla. Melted avocado, avocado in a quesadilla. Mm-hmm. A little salsa on the side. Beautiful. Yeah, you can then, you can put it in a black bean dip with corn. Sit and down actually, before a good uh, football game on a actually, Sunday I like, afternoon. I like what you're saying. The sweet heat. Well, oh, I like Did the you wash sweet it heat. down with the wine yes. afterwards? In fact, I like the wine after. Yep. Right. I like the, the wine to follow that sweet yep. to follow the the spicy. I tell my. What kids, do you think, Brett? Yeah, absolutely. It has a great, exactly what we're talking about. That spicy, hot, sweet combination is just wonderful. Mm. That was really lovely. I like that uh, really well together. And this, this wine is called Psagot Prat, P-R-A-T. It's really a play on words. It's really supposed to say port. But in this country, if it doesn't come from Portugal, you cannot call it port, even though it's made in the same way and tries to be the same kind of you know, category. So we call it Psagot Prat. There's very little of this. It comes in, as you can see, half bottles, yeah, it's 500 ml. It's a really cool, funky bottle. It's a really cool, funky that, bottle. That was ra- nice. Is that from, it's from Israel, I believe, yeah, right? Yeah. That's absolutely fantastic. Also made in the Judean Hills. You know, I'm really sad to say that our hour is almost over. Can you believe how fast that went? We've got about one or one and a half minutes left. Do we have any final we're comments? Not, we're not going to be able to taste it, but we also brought a Porto Cordovero, which is the real port, and it comes from Portugal. And afterwards, now that we've drunk and eaten, we're just going to have a wild party. And uh, actually, I can't do it, not for the next year, unfortunately. But, yeah, I'm so sorry. But that's okay. And, and I, by the way, I want to thank everybody for their good wishes. We actually had some people come to the Shiva hearing about it on your show, Naomi. And um, 
if anybody wants, I just did a wine and food pairing dinner for two private parties. If anybody's interested in that, I'm glad to do it for you. You can reach me at the letter J B U C H S B A U M at Kedem.com. J Bookspam at Kedem.com. So that's, that's a really nice touch. And that and, Brent. Yeah, no, and I do similar events, uh, private affairs. You can reach me at thecheeseguy.com. And, uh, so if you want to email me, I'll, uh, I'll get back to you. And if you'd like to get in my email listing, I'm going to be doing some, uh, some pairings and some tastings this, this, uh, this coming, uh, season. We're gonna, not only with wine, some of the wonderful wines that Jay's presented here, but with beer. Some beer and oh, cheese. Oh, nice! Cheese That's really nice! If I could also mention that, uh, some of the places you can buy my cheeses are the Fairways, Gourmet Glot, yeah, Pomegranate, Glot Express, um, yeah, all different, uh, around, throughout the errands. Number of different places throughout the tri-state area. Yeah, and I I follow your cheeses around, and I whenever I see them, I get very excited to say, "Oh, I know Brent. He's, I'm so happy that his cheeses are in these supermarkets." So, thank you both very much for joining me. This was an outrageous show. I hope that everyone that was listening uh, got to enjoy the show along with us and can take down the information. And you can listen to the show on the archives with pen and paper again when it's not air of Shabbos and listen to uh, the show and write down all the wonderful information that you shared with us. Please join us uh, with the music and stay listening. Um, we have music sponsored by Ken and Ra- Wines right up until Lech Benching. Wishing everybody a Shabbat Shalom.